welcome. We are so glad that you are with us today. Happy Mother's Day to all the ladies of the Crossroads. We're so glad that you have joined us. Today is a very special day, and we wanted to do something special for our ladies and our mothers. We have the Wilbanks that are going to be singing for us, and they're going to inspire and uplift us through the ministry of music. We are so uh, glad to be friends with the Wilbanks and the Matthews, and we're glad that they're a part of our service today. So let's just welcome them, and why don't you, wherever you are, why don't you worship God and draw close to him through this time. It's okay to pray. It's okay to lift up your hands. It's okay uh, to to talk to God as they sing and as they worship God. Let's do that together with them right now. I've got a song that the angels cannot sing. A song of love that bought my liberty. saying his name is wonderful his name is wonderful his name is wonderful Jesus 
Jesus. I am truly thankful for the precious name of Jesus. We are living in uncertain times right now. It's easy to become uh, worried and, and distressed and just feel overwhelmed with concerns in our lives. But I'm here to remind you that when you begin to call on the name of Jesus, that he is the one that can bring peace to your life right now. All you have to do is simply mention his name and he will come to where you are for he is the Prince of Peace. Oh, I'm so thankful for the precious name of Jesus. Oh, how I truly love to speak that name. of you that fills the room. Then I call Jesus. Mountains crumble in your name. Fear and doubt are erased. There is certain change when I speak your name. Jesus. I love to speak your name. I love the Presence of you that fills the room when I call Jesus. Mountains crumble in your name. Fear and doubt are erased. There is certain change when I speak your name.
I'm so glad I know that there's power in the name of Jesus. It's the only saving name. I'm so thankful that I understand the power of his word. And in, in these very uncertain times, it's so amazing to see people that have maybe turned their eye to it or, or, or maybe, maybe spoken out against the gospel message. A lot of people are, are looking back this way because it's a pure, simple, perfect, timeless message. And once you've come in contact with the power of Jesus Christ, you're not the same. You, you can't get away from it. And it's interesting when I can feel so strong and self-sufficient at times in my flesh, when the rug is jerked out from under me, so to speak, I realize where my strength lies. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' love and his righteousness. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. My hope, my strength, everything is in the power of the name of Jesus and in the power of his word. It worked 2,000 years ago on the day of Pentecost. It worked in my grandparents' generation. It still works in 2020. If it ain't broke, don't fix it.
nothing new under the sun. Jesus is still the only one way. I owed a debt I couldn't pay. We all owed a debt that we could not pay. We deserve judgment, but Jesus took our place. He took upon himself all sin of the world so that we could live a life free from sin. And because he died, I live.
before they ever pierced his hands and feet, hung him on the cross. There was already a plan set in place because he knew that you and I would be here today and that we need a savior. It was all laid out and then the time finally came and he slipped into a stable. He took on the weight of the world, the sin of all humanity without sin, but the Bible says he became sin for us. He was fully God, but at that moment, he was also fully man. And he felt pain and suffering the way that you and I feel it. And I, I can't begin to imagine what the thought process was, what, what the struggle must have been like, the flesh wrestling with the spirit, not wanting to endure the agony that was ahead of him. But God is perfect and wise in all of his ways and he doesn't go back on his word. The plan was set in place. And so he stayed the course all the way to Calvary because of love that you and I cannot comprehend. There have been a lot of sermons preached about it. There have been a lot of songs written and sung about the love of God and the price that he paid. But we can't really, really begin to comprehend or explain it. Why a king would do what he did for me never know. Took on my 
Jesus loved me.
we're so glad to have been with you today. Um, we know that wherever you are and whatever you're going through, whatever your unique circumstances in this global crisis, uh, the Lord is going to take care of you because he promised he would. When you read the first verse of this next psalm, which is a scripture, um, it says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The psalmist starts off by just identifying who he is and then coming to a conclusion for what he does and sums up everything. We really don't even, you could, you could stop right there and have the context of the entire chapter just by those phrases. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. But then he goes on and paints this beautiful picture of who the Lord is really is and everything that that entails. And if you are going, if you find yourself this week or next week or next month or next year or whenever it is, just know he's got you and he's going to take care of you. Yeah. 
Welcome back. We are so thankful for the Wilbanks and the Matthews, and we are glad to have them as part of our service today. What a wonderful job that they have done, and we I, I feel closer to God, and I know that you do too, and I want us just to uh, focus in for the next few moments. The first lady of our church, uh, my wonderful wife and uh, your friend, Sister Kathy Dummett, is going to speak to us and greet all of our ladies, and I just want to thank her for doing this and welcome her uh, today. We want her to speak what God has put on her heart and share with you what's been going on in her mind. And uh, I'm so excited about her sharing her heart with you today. Everybody say, God bless Sister Kathy. Hello to all the Crossroads mothers. I love you and I admire you. You are raising the next generations. Happy Mother's Day. Thank you for doing the hard stuff. Looking back, we've all had things poured into us when we were growing up, some good and some bad. But as an adult, you get to choose what is poured into your cup and what is poured out. So what's in your cup? You are holding a cup of coffee when someone comes along and they bump into you or they shake your arm, making you spill your coffee everywhere. Why did you spill the coffee? Well, because somebody bumped into me, of course, you say. That's the wrong answer. You spilled coffee because there was coffee in your cup. Had there been tea in your cup, you would have spilled tea. Whatever is inside the cup is gonna spill out. Therefore, when life comes along and it shakes you, whatever's on the inside will come out. It's easy to fake it until you get rattled. When life gets tough, what spills over? Is it joy, gratefulness, peace, 
and humility? Or is it anger, bitterness, harsh words, and reactions? You get to choose. Scripture says this in Colossians 3.16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing songs and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. So putting God's word in our hearts daily teaches us to be better people. And it teaches us what true gratefulness will do. It doesn't say we won't face hard times, but it tells us how to overcome the hard times. Having a grateful heart takes what is broken and it will restore you completely. Just like when Jesus healed the 10 lepers in the Bible, God healed all of them, but only one returned and said, thank you. Have we done that to God? I think we have a few times. In Luke 17, 17 through 19, it says this, and Jesus answering said, were there not 10 cleansed, but where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto them, arise, go thy way. Thy faith had made thee whole. Because he was grateful, he was made whole. His body was restored. The others were still healed, but their bodies remained scarred. What a lesson to learn. Gratefulness brings complete healing. Today, I choose gratefulness. I want to say thank you to my mom. Thank you for your time, your sacrifice, support, advice, and your love. Thank you for teaching me the importance of a relationship with God. You took time to say the hard things. As teens, we don't always want to hear certain things because we're trying to be independent. Thank you for not shying away from those moments. I'm grateful as I look back. I'm now raising children of my own and I realize how difficult it was at times. Thank you for being my parent, for being willing to speak into my life. I love you and I wish you a very happy Mother's Day. Today, I am grateful for my mom. So take time this week and reach out to that special person in your life with gratitude. Let them know how much you appreciate them. Send a letter, give a gift, show them love. Make sure you tell your mother you are grateful for all she did for you while growing up. If you were raised by someone else, show gratefulness to them. If your mother is no longer with you, find someone to pour into and be that mom that your mom would be proud of. Take a moment and be grateful. You choose what goes into your cup. So I'm encouraging you to fill your cup with gratefulness today. Happy Mother's Day. I love you. Amen. Welcome back. Sister Kathy did such a great job, and you are doing an incredible job, mothers. We are so glad uh, to have you at the crossroads, and we are so thankful and grateful for the job that you are doing. Today, for the next few moments, I want to continue our series on shift. And uh, today, we live in a generation, in a society that is devaluing life in general. I know some people pretend to care about life when it suits them, but then at other times, uh, they just devalue life in general. I would like to just go on the record as saying that all life is sacred. All people are precious to God. 
Church, I know that you are under attack daily. I know uh, that you are going through some things and you, you're frustrated and you can't uh, make sense of some things, but I, I wanted just to share with you something that I think is going to encourage all of us today. And I want to, my, my goal is to help you shift your thinking, amen, and be ready for what God is getting ready to do. So with that in mind, let's turn to the book of Ephesians if you have a print Bible in front of you. If not, you can watch. It will be on the screen. But Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 25 in the ESV, it says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Jesus gave the highest value possible to women by laying his life down for them. As a matter of fact, he considered them worth dying for. And I know many people over my uh, few years here on this earth have pointed to the mistreatment of women and the lack of respect for women in the culture of the Bible days. But guess what? That's not how Jesus exampled for us to treat women. That's not how uh, Jesus lived his life. And I know as Christ followers, that's not how he expects us to live ours. The way that Jesus showed us, uh, the, the way that he was an example to us was the way that he treated any woman that he came in contact with. There's no greater love. There's no higher value, uh, no deeper respect than the way that Jesus treated the women in his life. And I know some of you may be wondering, where is this going? Well, uh, I, I want to encourage you. Husbands, we're supposed to love our wives. And that's how men are supposed to treat their, their mothers. That's how they're supposed to treat their wives. And that's how they're supposed to treat all women. That's what Jesus showed us an example of. So ladies, today, I want to remind you as your pastor that you are worth it, that Jesus places value, high value on you and on your life. And men, I wanted to remind you today that our ladies are worth it. And so is the bride of Christ. God has given all of us the ability to show a hurting and lost world how real men are supposed to treat women. They're supposed to treat them with honor. They're supposed to place high value on them. They're supposed to show dignity and respect. So let me just see if I can break this down, and I, I will be very quick today, but let me just share with you what's on my heart. There are some cultures and some religions today that still treat women on a level that is beneath men. They still treat them as subpar to men. And there are far too many cases, I believe, in our world of women being abused by men. And so today, I wanted to share with you what, what our problem is and what the solution is. And I want us to shift our thinking not just about women, but about the church. Because women are being abused by men verbally, psychologically, and physically. History has not been kind to women, but Jesus came, and when Jesus came, he changed all of that. We live in a world that uh, devalues females in general. And really, I, I, I am exposed to a lot of things every day that I just cannot even hardly fathom. It, it, our world wants to make women feel less than what they are. You see commercials and ad campaigns and all kinds of articles and advertising that are aimed at making uh, these precious ladies feel like they are not good enough. And so today, uh, I, I think we need to talk about this because 
our ladies feel like they have to do something better. They have to look a certain way or they have to have this amazing life that is Facebook ready. And, and you know, they have to do this if they want to be accepted or they want to be valued. And, and they're fighting hard to keep their husband's attention or they're fighting hard to keep the men in their life to pay attention to them. But Jesus said, you are worth it just the way that you are. I want to remind you today about how much you are worth to Jesus. Let me tell you, ladies, if you are listening to me right now, Jesus laid down his life for you, not just for you and not just for women in general, but the scripture tells us that he laid down his life for the church, for his bride. And so if the church was so important that Jesus gave his life, then shouldn't we be placing a super high value on it as well? Just take a look at the way that Jesus interacts with the Samaritan woman at the well in John chapter 4. If you look at that and you read through that chapter, you'll understand there no self-respecting Jewish rabbi would have given a woman, let alone a Samaritan woman with a nasty past like this one, the time of day. But Jesus did. Even a woman who has come to the well apart from everyone else because her reputation was so bad. I mean, can you fathom? Not just any woman, but somebody who had a very bad reputation. And Jesus goes well out of his way. No pun intended. He goes well out of his way to let her know that she is valuable to him. And he tells her about the living water that's available to each and every one of us. Jesus also gave another woman a second chance at life. We read about it in the book of John. She was brought to him after she was caught in the act of adultery. John chapter 8, the Pharisees didn't care about her. They just wanted to use her uh, to, to trap Jesus. They wanted to use the situation that she got caught in to trap Jesus, to cause Jesus to say something. And the thing is, they were no match for the love and the grace of Jesus. We have studied it recently, but he was full of grace and truth. And so Jesus challenged them to be the first one to throw a stone at her if they themselves were without sin. Of course, not one of them could claim that. So they all, one by one, they had to drop their stones and walk out. When Jesus was all alone with this devastated and embarrassed woman, she was so humiliated. He, he looked at her and he gave her that something that no one else would give her. He gave her grace. He gave her love. He gave her forgiveness and a second chance. He said, lady, I'm not here to condemn you. Now go leave your life of sin. Jesus didn't judge, nor did he condemn this woman. He treated her with respect. He recognized her value and he recognized the women, all the women that he interacted with while he was on this earth. He showed them their value. And if Jesus places a high value on women, then we should as well. Do we recognize the value of the bride of Christ in our lives? I know many churches have made mistakes, and trust me, there are some organizations out there that they just pretend to be the church, or they just pretend to be the bride of Christ when they really are not. But the church, the true bride of Jesus Christ, is not perfect. And do you want to know why? It's because it's made up of humans. Humans that make a lot of mistakes. I mean a lot of mistakes. There's not one of us, there's not one church that you'll find that's perfect. And when you find the perfect church, don't go because you'll mess it up. Knowing all of this, that the church wouldn't be perfect and it wouldn't let people down, uh, that it was going to let people down from time to time, Jesus still gave his life. He gave his life for the church. Why? 
because you are worth it. Ladies, you are worth it. Child of God, you are worth it. And I know that the enemy of your soul would like to convince you otherwise. And it would like to get you to settle for less than what you deserve. But Jesus says, hold up, you are worth it. I would like to just go on the record as well today and say that a real man never intimidates, dominates, or abuses any woman ever. Peter, in his writing, instructs husbands to be considerate and to treat their wives with respect as co-heirs of the gracious gift of life found in Jesus Christ. Real men are supposed to model for the next generation how a real man treats a woman. How does a real man treat a woman? What, what is expected? What is, uh, what is it that we're supposed to be aware of? He does this by example. By the way that he treats his mother, his wife, his sisters, his daughters, and all women. He teaches the next generation old-fashioned values such as holding a door open for a lady or stepping aside to let a woman go first. Now you might say, oh, that's old-fashioned, and I've had people even snarl at me and get mad at me because I held the door open for them. I don't care. I want to show chivalry. I want to show dignity, and I want to show the value that, place, that Jesus placed on women to all women. Men, we can show the next generation how a man protects for and provides for his wife and his daughters and women in general. How do we treat others? How do we show others value, especially in the body of Christ? A real man holds high standards for the way that he treats and the way that we treat women. And a real man demonstrates the love of Christ in front of anybody that will watch. There's more to it than just coming to church. You see, we must hold and value. We must hold in high regard and we must value and, and, and uh, put on a high level the bride of Christ. We've got to put that as a high value in our life. His church has got to be the highest priority of our lives. Today, in closing, I just want to remind you that Jesus thinks women are worth value. And he also places a very high value on the church. So I ask you today, what kind of example are you setting for the next generation? When it comes to the value of women, what kind of example are you setting? Are you treating women well? Do, do, uh, can others look and see the value that you place on treating women with their proper value? But let's go a step further. How about when it comes to the value of the bride of Christ? Do you take the kids to church, mom, dad? Do you take the kids to church but not necessarily follow the value system of the Word of God and the church that you belong to? Do you do, you do that at church but not in your private life? This is very confusing to your children. It could cause them to devalue the church. There, there's, it's not a mistake. It's not something that's just a coincidence or weird. It, it's a, there's a reason why so many people walk away from the church when they are at the age that they can make their own decisions. Do you know what I have observed in my few years here on the earth? There's an example that was set long ago by uh, the, you know, the, the people that were most influential in their lives, and they, they, they took value away from the church. They took value away from the pastor, from the, the leadership, from the ministry. 
And so their children, when they had the choice, when they had the decision, they walked away before uh, they, they ever really got hold of what was going on. I want to just tell you here today, amen, God has given you the church. God has given you the bride of Christ, and he placed such a high value on it. We should value the church. We should not just value the church, but we should value the church for ourselves and for our children and for everyone who is watching. The good news for you today is that if you find yourself in this place of having maybe devalued the church or having devalued women in general, there's time to make things right. It's not over. The story's not finished yet. And just as Jesus told the woman in John chapter 8, we're not here to condemn you. He's not here to condemn you. He's just telling you, go and walk away from that life of sin. Turn your life over to Him. It's time for you to start placing value on the women in your life. And, and to every one of us, it's time for us to start placing value on the bride of Christ, the church. Because Jesus says, even though the church is not perfect, amen, it is worth it. His bride is worth it. The, the body of Christ is worth it. So today, I want to just invite you, wherever you are, if maybe Maybe you find yourself in a less than desirable position. The way that you've treated the church or the way that you've treated women, why don't you repent of your sins? Why don't you turn, amen, from those things that you know displease God and repent and ask God to forgive you and go His direction. And then you will be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ according to the Scripture. Amen. And God is going to wash away all your sins and give you a brand new life today. And then just like He told the woman in John chapter 4, He will, amen, let those springs of living water fill your soul. He will come and He will give you a brand new life. He told the woman, He said, look, if you would drink of the water that I could give, uh, he, he said, you'll never thirst again. That He was referring to the Spirit of Jesus Christ that would come and live inside of each and every one of us. And there's rivers of living water that He wants to impart to you today. If you will repent of your sins and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, He will fill you with that living water today. And you'll know that you've received it because you'll speak in a language that you never learned as the Spirit of God gives you the utterance. And it will change your life. It'll change the way that you treat women. It'll change the way that you look at the church. Amen. It'll change the way that you do life in general. And God, amen, wants to do something powerful in your life today. I just want to encourage you. I want to challenge you, amen, to, to find that place to talk to God and to make things right with Him and to go His direction. Amen. God bless you today.